I was tired of being tired. I was tired of being sad. I wanted more for myself. And while the woman I wanted to be wasn't reflected in the people around me, I knew that she was out there. Um, and I knew I had to do it for her. And I also remember reading somewhere in some book, it might have even been Pinterest, but when you're in a victim mindset, you're waiting, you're consistently and constantly waiting for a rescuer. You're putting that on someone else. So you know, all the friends I had that I was really lucky to have were helping me as much as they could. My parents were doing everything they could to help me. I had a therapist who was great. She wasn't enough. And I had this realization that um, nothing could really fix it except for me. Like I was never going to be saved. I had to be the one to save myself. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Stories on Tape with Aisha Bhuyan. Akita is joining us today to talk about all things motivational even though she is not a motivational speaker she very well could be she opens up about her struggles in college not surrounding herself with the right people all the time and how she had to take herself out of those situations and reposition her mindset and herself to be set up for success and it's particularly interesting to me because we spend a lot of time blaming our environment, blaming the people we hang out with as blockers for success when in reality you are the only one who is in control of your own life in 95% of the cases. So come bearing an open mind if you're in a situation where you feel like, you know what, everything just is kind of crappy, kind of sucks. and. I really need some motivation to help me through this next stage of life. You have come to the right place, ladies and gentlemen. It was definitely a slow boil. Nothing happened overnight. I guess I, I'd like to reframe that. So for more context, I was in college my junior year that I said, I was honestly surrounded by people that I didn't see myself really knowing, knowing past college. I was really unhappy. Um, you keep hearing that these are going to be the best four years of your life. Like you're going to party till you drop. You're going to have these friends for life. And all of the friends that I went to high school with were, were um, I, I was seeing that they were actually experiencing that. They had the greatest friends. They were having so much fun. And I had two or three friends that I loved dearly, but I wasn't really in an environment that was as I said, supportive of the person I wanted to be. I didn't really see myself being friends with the people around me for longer than a couple of years. Um, they didn't have the same goals I did. Um, and it, that was a slow boil into depression. It wasn't that one day I woke up and I was sad, but it, it was just, I was more sad and more sad. And I had no idea how to fix it. I didn't know that you could. I didn't realize that I was becoming more sad. It was just my being. And, um, one day I woke up and I was in a really dark place and I spent a lot of time, I don't even remember much of that year because I just spent so much time sleeping. I was tired of being tired. I was tired of being sad. I wanted more for myself. And while the woman I wanted to be wasn't reflected in the people around me, I knew that she was out there um, and I knew I had to do it for her. And I also remember reading somewhere in some book, it might have even been Pinterest, but when you're in a victim mindset, you're waiting, you're consistently and constantly waiting for a rescuer. You're putting that on someone else. So, you know, all the friends I had that I was really lucky to have were helping me as much as they could. My parents were doing everything they could to help me. I had a therapist who was great. She wasn't enough. And I had this realization that um, nothing could really fix it except for me. Like I was never going to be saved. I had to be the one to save myself. And that realization I would say happened um, over time, it wasn't over a very long period of time. I would say it was a couple of weeks. I'd had this realization after reading something that sparked something within me. And that's when I started to make changes.
I think that was such a powerful statement and it made me reflect back on my college experience and how after a really hard semester, I really had to pull my stuff, get my stuff together and really see how I could be the best version of myself. And I didn't have anyone to go to, like similar to you, like no therapist, no parents, no friend could really pull you out of that. You just had to see it for yourself and maybe were one of the luckier fews that did um but yeah. i think your story will be a really good catalyst for anyone going through that right now that might just not know where to look something that really resonated with me so you said being around the people that would allow you to be the person that you knew that you wanted to be eventually mm-hmm. in college you just weren't finding that group i just want to give a huge shout out to my one friend sad without him i really do not think <laughs> i would be where i am today and i tell him this all the time yeah. but i really don't think he understands we are still close but we just don't talk as often anymore but He and I, I mean, he motivated me to be a nerd, to really go after what I want, to be <laughs> ambitious. Similar to what you said, it was out there somewhere and I just wasn't identifying with it yet. And I I knew that it yeah. was there and I knew that I had to find it, but I wasn't actively seeking it out either. Um but I started hanging out with Sad a lot and we we were in a few classes together and this boy was always so motivated and so competitive. He was such a nerd. I love him. Um <laughs> and I I remember just like being around him would make me more motivated to do more, to do better with my life and get that internship. get good grades and i i truly feel that the people that you surround yourself with and it might change given the stage of your life the same people that were good for you 5 years ago may not be good for you right now and that's okay because you're growing not to say that sad yeah. isn't still great for me he is he was just an example <laughs> for my time in college but i really think it's super important to surround yourself with people that are important to your growth in the present moment in in this stage of your life. And I think that's you know, we all have a sod in our life. Like I met my best friend Ali in college and she definitely introduced me to a lot of spirituality, manifestation beliefs and without her I definitely wouldn't be what where I am today. It's funny that you say that because I I was just reading last night there was a study in New England Journal of Medicine and it tracked 12,000 people. You might have seen this on my story. It tracked 12,000 people for 32 years and found that a human being's chances of becoming obese actually increased 57% if he or she had a friend who became obese. So that I love it's a sort of funny related, example but yes. <laughs> but it's it's completely mm-hmm. true. You know, like we really are the people we surround ourselves with. In another study they found that the higher your best friend's IQ at age 11 or 12, the higher your IQ would be at 15 even after controlling for other natural levels of intelligence. So I just think that these two stats really blew my mind because exactly it's exactly what you said like we really are the people we surround ourselves with and when you're not in an environment that's conducive to um the person you want to become it can be really hard because it's not popular to go against the right. grain it's not popular to not be like the the people around you you know absolutely well i want to dig deeper into your story and how you were able to recognize that and i know you said it didn't happen overnight it was a slow boil but walk us through what it was like in college and how that's changed over the years so um once i decided i was i was really going to be my own hero i 
just realized that I needed to sort of seek out what I call expanders. So people who represent a, a part of what you'd like to become. Like right now, present day, I live in New York City and I would say I'm in an environment that really supports the person I'm trying to become. I had to find ex expanders. So people who at least represent parts of who I wanted to become. And so a really good example is a really good friend of mine. Her name is Safa. And I actually haven't talked to her in years, but we met um, in college and she, if I remember correctly, she was some type of athlete, I wanna say soccer player, and she was really fit. And I don't remember how I, how she decided to let me work out with her because she was well past my fitness level, but I started working out with her every morning because I knew that the woman I wanted to be was to someone that was really in charge of her own health and fit. And these workouts kicked my ass. Like <laughs> they're still the hardest workouts I've ever done because she was literally like a pro athlete. Well, and can we bring Safa back that into your did. life so I can reach <laughs> off some of that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to send this to her. And I, you know, she means I don't think she knew what I was going through at all. Like we I had, I don't think I'd ever told her, but she really changed my life just with just with working out with her because I learned um, I learned how to do that for myself. I remember I think she moved away or I don't remember what happened or why we started stopped working out together. But um, I she taught me how to do that for myself and she taught me like okay when you're feeling lazy when you're feeling down this is what you do and you know now it's been almost like six seven years later and i can do the same thing for myself and so finding expanders in that level was really important a lot of the expanders i had to look to technology for from a career perspective like who are the people in the world that had the job that i wanted to have out of college where did i want to work what did i want to do and so I started looking for those expanders. In addition to that, I started just becoming really conscious of the people I was spending my time with at school. Even though I was in an environment I wanted to be in, I decided I was going to commit fully and wholly to who I wanted to be. And if that meant taking more time for myself and being alone most of the time, like that was better than spending time with people I didn't want to be with. And in a way, like me listening to all these podcasts about positivity and spirituality or reading books, um, it's almost not the same thing, but it's it's similar to, you know, me spending my time with those authors, with those teachers, rather than the people I didn't want to spend time with. So it almost had an adverse effect of me where I really did this deep dive into absolutely everything I wanted to be. And I started uh, learning about neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to uh, change through growth and reorganization. So your neurons can actually make new connections and new associations if you train them enough. Neurologists have also proved that if you keep, I say this a lot, but if you keep thinking and feeling in the same way over and over again, you'll program your brain and condition your body into a state of being. And so what that really means is that our brains are, are wired for efficiency. So things that you consistently think like, I'm sad, I'm sad, I'm sad, or I'm not an athlete, I'm not an athlete, I'm not an athlete, or anything that you identify as your identity, um, you're just going to assume that to be true and your, your brain is actually gonna condition your own body into that state of being. So if you say, I'm not an athlete, I can't do this. Your brain will literally condition your body to believing that. Um, we also say once you've lived something enough, it's no longer a conscious process, it's subconsciously programmed. So me sleeping 10 hours a day was something that my body was really used to. It was subconsciously programmed. So I started realizing that in order to actually change that, we needed to become an observer 
of our own thoughts. I'm going on, but if to anyone who's ever meditated that's listening to this, or even if you haven't, um, a really common belief within that realm is that we our consciousness is divided into two. Mm-hmm. We have A, the mind that we're sitting in, so our conscious mind, and then B, our observing mind. And our conscious mind is responding to the 10 billion bits of information that are flying at us. So that's whenever you talk to yourself in present tense, like, I am an athlete. I'm not an athlete. I am hungry. Um, Oh, I really like that girl's outfit. Like that is all in your conscious mind. And then your observing mind is actually, I like to say, it's like sitting in a movie theater watching your life and it's observing your thoughts. And if you can get in touch with that observing consciousness to actually observe everything that you're saying that's when you have the ability to change your thoughts so the way that people do that oftentimes is meditation because when you're focused on your breath you're sort of observing your own thoughts but there you know it's really just something that you have to train your body to constantly do and once you start training your mind to get into that observing level of consciousness where you're observing your thoughts and not just living in them you can actually change those conscious processes so they're no longer subconscious processes that you're just a victim to but suddenly you're the savior of your own life because you can actually decide hey i'm not going to live in this conscious process i'm not going to live in this subconscious way of thinking anymore i'm going to consciously make efforts to change what i'm thinking and when you decide that you'll realize that in any moment you have access to two emotions I like to say one that feels better and one that feels worse. And if you decide, if you make a determination that from wherever you stand today, where whoever is listening to this, wherever you are in life, no matter what you're focusing on, if you decide that you're going to reach for the best feeling thought that you can find, whatever that is right now, the best feeling thought you can find, you will actually start developing a relationship with your higher, I like to call it your higher self. Some people call it God. Some people call it source. If you know, if you're religious, call it, you know, whatever you want, but you'll start developing a relationship with what I like to call your higher self. And that is when um, you start to train your body and your mind to live in a conscious process that's positive. And that's when you actually start to choose your thoughts. And when you can choose your thoughts, you're really creating the reality around you. And that's the belief of manifestation. Well, first of all, when is your book coming out? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I am a little taken aback. Um, but number two, <laughs> go. Sorry, <laughs> yell at you. <laughs> no, I, I love that. Please yell at me. Yeah, I that a lot. Um, oh my God. But I mean, you kind of outlined the different mechanisms of how to get your mind to be more conscious and more present in the moment, and you mentioned meditation as being one of those tools i know some people struggle with just allocating time to meditate taking time out of their day um but also some people have said it's hard for them to sit down with their thoughts because it makes them really anxious do you have you faced any of that in your practices or is that something you had to overcome yeah definitely um towards the beginning of when I started to revel within all of this. I think, I know it was mentioned in a previous podcast episode, but writing things down can help, like having a brain dump within a journal. So just writing out anything that makes you anxious, anything that you're scared of, um, anything that you're thinking about onto a piece of paper right before. Um, And also I think, you know, 
the idea of meditation isn't that you're completely calm or peaceful, right? The idea of meditation is that you get in touch with your breath, A, and B, you use that as a tool to just observe your mind. So if you're feeling really anxious or, you know, you your mind is racing really fast, like tell yourself, okay, I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths. I'm going to focus on my breath, but I'm just going to observe myself having these thoughts and as you practice that you will actually realize that your consciousness is two and you will suddenly become it's almost like you are your your two brains and you're watching your your one your brain freak out about all the things you're anxious about all the things you're nervous about all the things that are going on in your life and the other brain is just i don't know quiet watching that watching that brain um so that is definitely something that takes time but if you can keep getting in touch with that that can help Um, Another tool that um, I like to use is different types of breath work. So we think um, breathing during meditation is easy. Like you just breathe in, you breathe out. A breath technique that I I recently learned that has helped me refocus in meditation is when when you take a breath in, your body actually holds breath in two different places. So you have your stomach and you have your chest. And so take the new technique is that you take two breaths in to fill up each of those places and then one breath out. So you breathe in once and you breathe into your stomach. Breathe in another time, you breathe into your chest and then you breathe out and let it all out. And when you practice this over and over again, so breathe into your stomach, breathe into your chest, breathe it all out, you're actually training your subconscious mind or your observing mind to actually sit and observe your breath because it's a different type of breathing. Your body isn't used to it. And so you really have to pay attention. You can't, your, your mind is just automatically going to stop thinking about other things because you're going to be really focused on breathing in that technique over and over and over again. And suddenly you've reached ob- your observing consciousness where you're observing yourself take these breaths um, and th- your mind has really quieted down. I was like, oh, <laughs> I can't get my freaking button to unmute. But that, that's really interesting because I know, especially in today's world, we do struggle with anxiety a lot. We with social media and comparisons it's harder to see where you are objectively and tell yourself like hey you're at your own pace you're at your own timeline and you'll get there when you get there it's okay it's hard not to be anxious when you're sitting down with your thoughts um Mm -hmm. so i think a big challenge a lot of people have expressed to me in terms of meditation is how like I just don't know how to get over that anxiety. And I, I love what you said about breath work because it's the little steps, it's baby steps. It's something that you, you'll have to work on. It won't happen overnight. It won't happen the first three days or the first week. But how long did it take you to kind of master meditation? Yeah, I honestly, I would say I'm still mastering it. Like I'm nowhere close to being a master. Um, some days, and this, it's been like six or seven years of, of me practicing meditation on and off. It comes really easy. And some days, um, you know, most days, honestly, I still struggle with it. I still catch myself in my conscious mind. It's, you know, it's, it's just a constant struggle between, I like to say yourself and your higher self and to give that power over to your observing mind and higher self to watch, to watch your thoughts. Um, it's not natural. It's really hard to do. I think if you're consistently, you know, 
you're consistently trying, consistently doing it, it will happen at your own time and your own pace. But even if it doesn't happen off the bat, even if it takes a while, you you will still get something out of sitting there um, and just and just breathing and just taking that time for yourself. The more you do it, the easier it will become. It, you'll always get something out of it. And how has these different tools helped you build your current perspective, your current mindset, and become, as someone has so eloquently put it, live in your own bubble where everything is happy. I'm not always in my own bubble, but I will say I've luckily made it so that I would say 85% of my life is in that bubble. Um, I, God, I think I started learning more about manifestation and I realized that peace of mind is not circumstance dependent. You know, it has to just be something that you give to yourself. And the more I decided to to choose those thoughts, the more it started coming to me naturally. Because I mentioned before that if you keep doing something over and over again, it becomes a conscious process, right? And so if you keep choosing positive thoughts or the best feeling thought you have over and over again, it actually becomes part of your being. It becomes a a subconscious process, something that you're not really thinking about. It just starts, it's a muscle. It just happens over and over again. The more I chose those thoughts, the more it came to me naturally and it really shaped how I live my life. So we talked about neuroplasticity and and realizing that your neurons can actually make new connections and new associations by consistently thinking positive. And when you consistently think in a certain way, you realize that your thoughts create your life. And that's when I started realizing and learning about manifestation, the idea that you can create your reality with your thoughts. People categorize it into many different laws, many different ways, but in my opinion, the three biggest ideas of manifestation are the three steps are A, to think it, two, believe it, and three, act like it. So thinking it is just your self-awareness realization that it's something that you want. So I will give the example of when I moved to New York City. So I was living in Seattle and I really wanted to move to New York and I, I just was dying. I was dying to live in New York. I would do anything to move to New York and it had been my dream since I was a kid. And so I kept thinking like, okay, I want to move to New York. Number two is believing it. So believing it's going to happen and there can't be, you know, the universe, God, your higher self is, knows everything. I like to say, like it is you, it is within you. So if there's a morsel of doubt within you that it's something is not going to happen, you are going to be unable to manifest it. And so um, that's why it's impossible for me to manifest like $2 million tomorrow because there's a huge part of my being that (laughs) doesn't believe that it's just going to come to me out of the blue. Um, Something I like to say to combat this, which is, you know, sometimes it can be hard to just believe that good things are coming to you either ways, is just change your perspective to believe I'm open. I believe that I'm open to this happening to me, or I believe that I'm open to a strategic way approaching that I never thought of before, or I believe that I'm open to new ideas. When I moved to New York, like I didn't, I didn't, I honestly don't know if I believed that it was going to happen anytime soon. Uh, but I started changing my, my mindset to say, okay, like I'm thinking it, I'm moving. And then to believe it, I started thinking, I believe that I'm open to ways of this happening in a way that I didn't expect. I believe that I'm open to new ways coming to me. I believe that, um, I will move to New York in a year because I'm open to strategic 
you know, new initiatives coming my way or just I believe that I'm open to the idea of it happening. And third thing is acting like it. So my friends in Seattle will tell you like months before I actually moved to New York, I had a ritual where every Saturday I would pack a, I would literally pack a box in my apartment, which sounds crazy because I had literally no idea if I was going to if there was going to be a job available, if I was going to get it, like there were so many different variables, but I was like, you know what? I'm just, I would pack a box every Saturday. And I didn't tell anyone that, um, I, I, I told maybe like two or three friends that really, really knew that it was a, a dream of mine, but no one, I didn't tell anyone that wouldn't support it. I only told people I knew that would support that dream and say positive things back. Because again, your environment is everything and the people that you let in are really everything. And so every Saturday I would pack a box and then you know I, I ended up moving to New York the next year in the exact timeline I set and it was awesome and I would say the most surreal moment of this manifestation process is I had this huge uh, poster of New York City that I had throughout college and then when I moved to Seattle I got it framed and um, it was in my bedroom and I didn't think much of it, but when I moved into my first New York City apartment, I I like to say I lived in a shoebox with a view, and it was uh you've been to my my old apartment. Gorgeous. It's all it was, thank you. It was all glass windows, and when you look outside, it was a view of Manhattan. The moment that really shook me was when I realized that the view I was visualizing or the view that was on that poster, it was exactly the view that I had in my first bedroom. It was like, I woke up in the middle of the night shocked because I realized that it was the exact view I had been staring at my whole life. Um, it was literally maybe taken two or three blocks east or, you know, two or three blocks east from where I was, but it was the exact same view of Manhattan that I had been staring at my entire life. And when I got out that painting, that I had been staring at and using to visualize what it would feel like to live in New York, I was I was awestruck. I was jaw dropped because that was that was manifestation at its core. You know, it wasn't a view that kind of looked like it. It wasn't a view that was si similar. It was the exact view of me in Manhattan that I had been staring at my entire life. And that sort of sealed the deal where I realized, oh, our thoughts, what we visualize, what we believe, what we act like actually does shape our reality. Yeah, and I think to your point, the biggest blocker isn't having it work out for you. I think the biggest blocker is just thinking it and thinking positively. For example, recently a friend of mine is trying to um, apply to new roles and trying to land this new job. And every time we talk, he just sounds really down about it. He's like, you know what? Like I've been trying, I've been in the process for a few weeks now and I'm just really demotivated. Like, I, I don't think it's gonna happen, but he's super smart, mm. really incredible kid. I, I think the biggest challenge is ourselves, our mindsets, the way that we're wired to think that the worst is gonna happen. It's really working backwards. Like that's that's what manifestation is, you know? Um, it's not all that, it can be all that woo-woo stuff that I love, but it's, it's really <laughs> just working backwards. And so for your friend, um, you know, he A, needs to think it, he needs to believe like, okay, I'm moving into a new role that I love. He needs to believe it. And if he doesn't believe it right now, it's saying, okay, I'm open to that idea that the universe will come in and surprise me with a job I can't even think of right now, or I'm open to it being better than I expected. And then he needs to act like it. And acting like it is the hardest part because 
Uh, you know, we all have faith in the limitations that we really create for ourselves. We have faith in the limitations that we create for ourselves, which is why they prevail. But um, we, if we can increase faith in our higher self or that observing mind or God or whatever, or however you identify, and that comes from reaching from the next best thought, um, and the more you control your thoughts, if we can increase faith in our higher self, then those limitations start to shatter. Um, and that's when you can start really believing in it and acting like Yeah, it. and I think my examples also might sound a little privileged to some. Like, I, I think both of my examples were, what's the worst that could happen when there are real issues like money in the mix? Um, and I, I truly want to say, like, I understand that and I've been there. I've been where I was like, oh my God, I don't have a stream of income in the next 30 days. Like, I don't know where that income is coming from. But really shifting my mindset has helped. And it, it might sound like a load of BS to some because it's like, oh, if you could really manifest everything, like, or if you could really truly believe in your higher self to do everything for you, like we would all be happy and living the life. But what if we could, what if we actually could and your biggest blogger is you? Totally. And it's like the people that are, are doubting, I mean, time is going to go by either ways, right? Like time is going to go by either ways, regardless if you're negative Nancy or if you're living in, you know, if you're living in optimism and happiness. Um, and so the choice is yours. Like if you want to keep living in that, then by all means, go ahead. But time is going to pass you by anyway. So you might as well give it a chance, you know? Absolutely. And then one other note that I had was you mentioned surrounding yourself with people that support your growth or are aligned with the way you're thinking. I agree with that, but to play devil's advocate, I also think personally for my growth, it was also helpful to have people that challenge the way I think. And I think it took me a while to get to a point where I was confident what was good for me and it didn't come straight out of college for sure. Um, yeah. It, it was years of development, years of growth and where I was finally like, you know what? No, I do know what's best for me. And it's always nice to have advocates. It's also not great to only surround yourself with people that will say yes to everything you think is right for you. And absolutely you really yeah. have to feel confident about certain decisions um for you to invite people into your life that would only align with your thought process but in terms of what you're saying manifestation and how to get where you want to go get to that makes a ton of sense to me like why you would surround yourself with people that would feed you that positive sentiment so you can continue to think positively yeah i think i think that's a really good point i think it's a balance right because people the first thing that came to mind when you said that is people need to I think it's important to have people who challenge the way you think but people need to earn that place in your life right and I also don't think that at least in my personal story I was ready for that um, until I really trusted myself and trusted my own intuition and I got in touch with my higher self and now I think you know I'm in a place where I have a lot of friends who challenge the way that I think or you know mentors around me who will tell me the hard truth right. but 
they've earned a they've earned a seat at the table. So Brene Brown, not you know to go into this too much, but Brene Brown is a famous author, motivational speaker, and she uses this example that I love. But she says, if your life is a stage and you're you're in the middle, um, you know you're on stage, then who are the people that paid the most to be in the auditorium seats around you? And those are the people that should have opinions of your life. And so yes, the people around you that are around allowed to challenge you like shouldn't just be anyone just because they're around you just because you work with them just because you know they're your mom's friend <laughs> does not mean that they have <laughs> does not mean that they well, have <laughs> uh, yeah that was a little too specific but that does not mean that they have the right or you know you you hand them the right to to say something about your life you hand them the right to challenge you and that doesn't mean that you know like you can be friendly i'm friendly to everyone like you i love all the people in my life. I love my mom's friend, love everyone I work with, but um, that's a very personal decision. Like you can hear other people's opinions and just decide like, I'm not gonna value that because they're not the people that are sitting around me. But for example, to talk about our friendship and put you on the spot, like I think you're a really good example of someone who, um, you know, is, we always say me and Aisha are the same, but different. You really are, you really challenged me. Like there have been more than a few times where you've, like disagreed with me or challenged me, but I, you've earned that seat at the table with me. Like you've earned that place in my auditorium. And I, I'd like to, I don't want to speak for you, but I'd like to say that I've earned the same. And so that's why I care. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I care when I should calls me or text me and goes, well, I don't really agree <laughs> with what you're doing here. Or I don't really think that's right for you because I know that she's supportive of my higher self. She's supportive of the woman I want to become. And so her opinion is valid. Um, but just someone out on the street or like some random person following me on Instagram, like you are not, you don't have, you don't even have a, a ticket to the auditorium, <laughs> you know, like, no. Um, so it's, you know, I think the best, you just got to laugh it off. Um, laugh it off or take it seriously. There's no really in between. This was such a good refresher for me to just think about and just be conscious about where I am today and the energy that I'm investing in certain people and if they are the right people. And I think it's it's a good time for me to be like, yeah, they are. <laughs> Akita's definitely one of them. Um, but Thank you. I, I think I have been told the same like oh like you smile too much or um people won't take you seriously if you're this happy and then also i've had people say that oh you look super intimidating because i have a resting um sad face for i'm trying to keep this pg yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> i i've always struggled with finding that balance and i think i'm at a point where i can be a happy person i, I can exude my positivity and my and and that could radiate for me, but at the same time, I could be a critical thinker internally. Like you don't have to see what's going on behind the curtains. That is for me mm -hmm. and me only, and maybe the other people that share my stage. Absolutely. Yep. You said it, girl. I really hope that was a good episode for everyone to tune into. Certainly it was for me. Always a good refresher talking to Ankita. Please send me your thoughts. Find me on Instagram, Stories on Tape Podcast. Like the pictures. Support by leaving a comment. Rate my podcast. Leave reviews. This is all that it takes if you don't want to contribute through a monetary. 
you know, 99 cents per month. That's okay, I won't hold you to it. But there are free ways of supporting and that I will hold you to. So if you're listening to this and if you like what you're hearing, please consider following my page on Instagram. Again, Stories on Tape Podcast. Consider leaving a comment. Tell me what your thoughts are. Let me know if you want to join. Let me know if you want to speak on the show and if you have something to share. Always looking for more people.